This podcast is part of the Frederick Podcast Network. Learn more at listenfrederick.com. Hey everybody, it's episode 114 of Beers in the Lot. This episode was recorded live from Studio 1A of Beers in the Lot's Frederick Studio Complex, also known as Eric's Basement. But before we get into the episode, I just want to remind you that we've got merchandise for sale at beersinthelot.com slash shop. Go check it out. There's t-shirts, hoodies. Have a look. John was wearing his Beers in the Lot t-shirt as we recorded and talked about the start of the NHL season, touched on the Arizona Coyotes a little bit, and opined on Sonny Milano and his place in the league. So let's go. Let's crack the beers. Ooh. Make sure it doesn't explode on me. Aaron had to do a rip, not a crack. Rip. High fidelity cracks. <laughs> In person cracks. Riggs, what are you drinking? So, uh, Jonathan, since we are still in sober October, I have an athletic brewing upside down, not (laughs) dawn, like the sun coming up, (laughs) but I wanted to say it like a yinzer. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Upside down. Upside down. Golden ale. (laughs) N.A. N.A. Athletic brew. Yeah, big big N.A. guys right now. (laughs) Yeah, so my sober October brother, Johnny, Uh, has... I'm still murdering thirst left and right, so I'm drinking a La Croix coconut. Uh, La Croix. La Croix. Yeah. It's Can we go not... out on November 1st with you guys? <laughs> sure. What is that, a Tuesday? <laughs> it doesn't matter. I got practice. <laughs> I got a coach. You can go after practice. <laughs> Al, you know what Alan Iverson said about practice. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, what are you drinking? I have a uh, Devil's Backbone Vienna Lager. Oh, yeah. Getting into logger season, so yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, sir. Aaron, what did you, you rip off there? My uh, my rocket ship rip was on a Coors Light. Mountains are blue. What <laughs> you, Ross? What you got? I've got a treehouse sap. Oh, treehouse. Thanks treehouse to Daniel. Representing. Thanks to Daniel. Ross, our infield correspondent. I've been out in the field for quite some time. <laughs> yeah, he's back to report. He's back to report. It's rough out there. <laughs> I was actually, I was actually saying stuff because, unfortunately, like you know, the hurricane was going up the east coast. I was like, I wonder if Ross is out in the field, like just standing in a weather storm somewhere. It's like it is very rough out here. Pretty hockey devices. report. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you guys send me on location. <laughs> yeah. We just send you to natural disasters. <laughs> like, wait a minute, why are we doing weather reports why now? Yeah, or fifteen segment, or fifteen segments. Segment. You film for nineteen hours to get thirty-five seconds on air. <laughs> like a wildlife reporter. Too. <laughs> he said it was going to be like David Attenborough, but it's nothing like this. It's <laughs> so bad. <laughs> So everybody enjoying the start to the NHL season? Yes. Absolutely. I think most oh. of us are, yeah. Except most for today. Except for today. Except for today. Yeah. No, games. no games. Way to go, NHL. <laughs> yeah. As we as we record on Sunday before OFBG. Yep. Actually with the start of the season, I would like to uh Oh, he's pulling out notes. I have notes that I took through the first 
couple of days. I just like to go through it really quickly. <laughs> wow. Uh, Ricard Raquel of Pittsburgh. This is this is Greer like of Boston book of Hit List. <laughs> Mason Marshman of Dallas. You're just naming people. Oli Mata and Michael Rafferson of Detroit. Kyle Connor of Winnipeg. Adam Larson of Seattle. Matthew Kachuk of Florida. Morgan Frost of Philly. This sounds like a list of Connor McDomer who, who of made Edmonton. Sure. Hold on. Connor McDomer of Edmonton. Hampus Lindholm of Boston. Matt Duchesne of Nashville. Yeah, 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 we get it. Public now. enemy number one, Victor <laughs> Olofsson, twice times. All empty net goal scorers early in the, <laughs> start of the NHL season. Exactly. Boston and Detroit, These I would like to like say. players who have solidified their team's victories. Boston and Detroit, both with two, <laughs> leading the race being scumbags i just these men should be put on waivers immediately <laughs> i have the notes i have the documents right i got a stack full of documents right here <laughs> these guys are scumbags you have a dossier, dossier. <laughs> dossier. I have a dossier. Yeah. it's like that scene from uh boondock saints like i have a dossier of all these people back in yeah. my office <laughs> yeah. are you gonna update this list throughout the season that's my plan i'm gonna do it weekly so yeah yeah, I heard you guys. That's getting edited. I heard you guys. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> I heard you guys last week. Like, oh, it's so exciting! Like the NHL season, which John was here, while I was moving, you know, boxes of shit, also checking score sheets every night as well to like see <laughs> who the scumbags were. Do you have notes on who's winning in fantasy so far? Uh, fantasy? I know up to Friday it was me and Vegas and New York both won again, so I believe that's eleven for me off the top of my head. It's you and Daniel in the lead. Yeah, I think. Somebody's got 11. Somebody's got 13. Me and Riggs are bringing up the rear. We can't win games. I didn't even look at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I can't remember point, off the top of my head, but yeah. right now, it was great. Philly, big shocker thus far, I would say. Them in general. Oh, how so? Just, they're playing well. Yeah. They're, they're doing decent. Yeah, it's. Like are they? It's very early. It's like the I, first week. Well, exactly. So I think like in the next three weeks we'll figure it out. Like the penalty kill for all teams sucks. It's horrible. Some of the power plays still suck too, but no team like so far has like really floored me. Why why did Torts say that there are no redeeming qualities about his own team? I think he's trying to light a fire under their ass. Hmm, maybe. Or maybe he really just doesn't like being in Philly. He just, <laughs> likes money. he just likes money. Trying to get fired as quickly as possible. Well, you know, when he was like an assistant coach in Buffalo, he almost got like killed by a guy in Philly. Like he was there. Some fan was yelling at him. He turned and I guess the stanchion in the glass at that point, you could reach through. He got so close. Somebody grabbed his necktie and was like yanking it through the glass. So the trainer came over and like cut the tie really quick. Holy crap. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so the time he was trying to fight fans in uh, Washington during the playoffs wasn't the first time he had a run-in with fans? <laughs> no, it was not. No, it was not. I kind of like Torso for that. I, like, maybe we should go when he's in town and get in his ass or something like just yell at him. I, ha- I hated him, and then I saw a, a, like some special on him or something. He's a great guy off the ice, and I'm really sad and mad that I saw that because like I don't hate I him as hate much anymore. <laughs> I I think he's terrible for players. That's just me. <laughs> I tend to agree. I mean, especially There's a balance. Especially right? when you're saying stuff like that yeah. in, in public about your own team. Like it's one thing if you're on the players in your office behind closed doors and in the room behind closed doors. But when you're doing that 
you know, in front of the media and publicly like that. I don't think that's right. So. Yeah, I agree with you there. And would I, you... I think it would turn players off and they're not going to want to go wherever mm. he's at. Right. I sure wouldn't. I wouldn't want to play for, play for him. Like if I have offers in front of me and one of them is getting, one of the teams is getting coached by torts, then no. What if I'll you're take up... a few, a few bucks less even to go somewhere else. Probably yeah. like yeah. a college arena. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, would, I would might play at a college arena before playing for tours. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, they don't have a home game until, like, mid-November, I think. First Why? couple of weeks. Because ASU is Because ASU is Because yeah. ASU is, yeah. yeah, ASU actually owns the building they're playing in. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's never going to get old. No, I was, I was just thinking that. I'm like, well, you guys when is bagging of- on Arizona getting gonna get old oh yeah it'll never get old somebody shared the clip of uh who's it donors yeah donors son shane Doan's son who plays for asu who's actually an arizona draft pick scored the first goal in the home opener on friday night for asu so that's 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 kind of if he actually ends up playing nhl games this year he literally won't need to change lockers (laughs) (laughs) well no he will because i'm sure asu kicks the coyotes yeah they need to use the room so Pack your bags, scrubs. I know someone was at, I think it was like Kipper and Bourne, their show. Uh, Kipper said like the players are not happy being there. And the big thing initially like to start was because they're such a young team rebuilding, et cetera. Like they were actually reaching out to a lot of like AHL guys that are those fringe guys or college free agents. Like, hey, come here. We will, you will 100% get a chance to play because, you know, they're not attracting a lot of free agents. And, now you hear like the players aren't happy with the accommodations, and then also too, I guess, you know, the arena situation. And we know what happened to the Islanders last year when they went on that massive road trip to start. They had like 19 games or something stupid to start the season because our arena wasn't done. The only thing that was annoying about that was their fan base it was like, "Oh my god, are you kidding me?" I'm like, "Well, your arena's not fucking done. Like, but what how's that? Want? Yeah, how's that our fault? <laughs> <laughs> like Arizona? Well, you don't own your arena, so that's your fault. So yeah. like, I don't feel <laughs> that bad." for the seven fans they have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Ross, you're just shaking your head. What's the history here? I just hate Arizona. I want that team to move What was so the bad. one thing that made you say, you know what? Between Shane Doan and, like, everything else, I don't like Shane Doan. That's the other thing. Gotcha. Okay. He would elbow people in the head, and then he would go on a sob story the next day. I don't know why I'm getting fined. It's so weird. You're sack of shit. Stop elbowing people in the head. And I'm sick of everyone going, He's such a nice guy. Well, I don't know about that. Like, whatever. <laughs> that team should have moved, oh, I don't know, three days after it was relocated to Arizona. Like, <laughs> I don't even know why it's there. Like, get the hell out of there. They God. Some, they you. had some playoff success. They did, and it was like Mike Smith, Shane Doan. That was when Dave Tippett was a coach, too. Yeah. Like, they did. I think they went to like the semifinals a few times and maybe Didn't a conference they get final. Get to a conference final and I lose. I think a conference final. Actually, uh LA. Yeah. The one LA cup run they got to the uh conference finals. So whatever. Glad they didn't go to a cup, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would have been awkward for ASU. You know, ASU's like, oh shit, they have a banner in here. We gotta up the rent. <laughs> you know, like that would have been awkward, but yeah. <laughs> What if they made some ridiculous run and they made it all the way to the Stanley Cup final? Like, how pissed would the NHL be that they wouldn't be able to sell, what, what, what is it, 5,000 oh, tickets? 
Yeah, that'd be nuts. Well, oh, see, so man. that's a weird that would thing. Be brutal. Oh. Gary Bettman last year during the All Star break had like a projection. So like, even though they're not having as many tickets, I guess the cost they're going to sell them at will make up for that. So How like, can you sell them for more though. Is that what you're saying? That they're selling yeah. tickets? So for like more? an average NHL ticket price, like pens and caps, what is it like 130 bucks? Something like that. Like an average ticket cost. I think when you calculate it. Oh, just for a regular yeah, like season. Like an average, game? yeah, like an average. Yeah, it's over a hundred. It's over a hundred dollars. So yeah. I think there, it's like let's say it's like one hundred and eighty-five or something. So it makes up how? that difference hypothetically. But <laughs> it's also like how can you sell them? Well, that's what I'm saying. If you don't, how how are you gonna have? Uh, you know, you think some kid from ASU is gonna spend one hundred and eighty-five dollars? No way. You think any random of the seven fans are they're gonna pay one hundred and eighty bucks for a ticket? <laughs> like. I can't see paying that much money for a, a standard ticket at a, an arena like that for a subpar, putting it bl- nicely, a subpar team. That, like, well, that's, it, would be, it would be visiting fans that probably would buy the ticket. It probably would be. Well, I could yeah. see like if you're making yeah. a golf trip out to Arizona, you're like, oh, well, we're kind of playing kind of close to there, so why don't we just get Yotes tickets? The Leafs are in town. <laughs> you know, something like that. But Are they going to allow like a student section? I heard that was a rumor, but I guess we don't know because they Wait, don't have for a home NHL game. game for NHL. Be, They're gonna have like I a mean, like I some teams that like Penguins did it at one point, like Student Rush. Yeah, so it's like yeah, five or ten dollar yeah, tickets. Yeah, yeah. But that's an arena with eighteen thousand seats, so they like have a few to sell. So right. what's the student <laughs> section? The student section is gonna be like thirteen seats. Yeah, right. It'll <laughs> be thirteen <laughs> seats. <laughs> Like gosh, I don't I don't know how they're gonna do it. It's just not wait, my problem. Just wait twenty minutes for game time and snag up the ticket for like yeah. twenty bucks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the student and rush tickets will be eighty bucks. And, it, <laughs> and the other, uh, but they go to like adults. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're making fake student IDs just to get the student price. Where the like, students yeah. are hawking them. It's like yeah. Yeah. it's like Normal it's like a bunch of dudes yeah. with clear male pattern baldness with student IDs. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, you're a freshman. Yeah, I'm a business major. <laughs> I just, out of all the great things that Gary Bettman does, that is the one black eye for me. I can't stand the Arizona thing. I've And I have no clue why he is so hell-bent on making that a franchise that sticks there, especially after, like, last season with all the nonsense about, you know, during the play-in games and covid bubbles they weren't giving the players a per diem and then last year you heard all the stuff with the you know they essentially just weren't paying the taxes on the building like what yeah. like why and it's the same ownership group which annoys me even more because like if you heard that stuff coming out of like the molsons out of montreal which wouldn't happen but like let's say hypothetically they weren't paying their taxes i'm willing to bet gary Bettman would be kind of bent so that's a bad look for the league here's the thing would there be an austin matthews if the Coyotes were not there, no, right, and I and I and I like Austin Matthews. I'm glad, but also like, it, yeah, I, I get I get exactly what you're saying, and I'm not like complaining and, about it. And would would ASU actually be a Division One program and have built that new building without the Coyotes being there for however many years? Yeah, been and there I'm now. sure that plays a factor. And there's a lot of talks like they're going to do, you know, SEC division, hope, hopefully for Division One, you know, with all those schools. And that's like Tampa Bay Lightning and Florida Panthers, right. you know, so I, I get it. And then even possibly with like UCLA and USC out in California, there's always rumblings that they're going to have one too, which is, that's great. I think that'd be cool. So yeah, you need 
the Ducks and the Kings, but I just, you know, there's always talk like Houston, for example, Houston, Texas, you know, yeah. that could potentially support a franchise in the South or like, I don't know. I, I have my own feelings there's, about that Arizona. There's got to be some just, sort of like bean counter statistic that Gary Bettman has seen and is like, hey, yeah. we need to keep a franchise in Arizona because of this. Like maybe is it tax purposes? You think maybe, <laughs> but it, it could be something like there's a demographic of people here who uh, support hockey and end up putting funneling kids into the programs that built hockey overall. So we need to keep a franchise out here to keep that going. It's got to be something like that. But the argument of Austin Matthews, yes, there there probably wouldn't be an Austin Matthews if not for the Coyotes. But now there is an Austin Matthews, so. Based on the gambler's fallacy, there shouldn't be another Austin Matthews for a very, very long time coming out of Arizona because he's already there's already got a generational no, I, talent coming it's out. It's more right? it's a bigger question than <laughs> it's a bigger question than just the individual. That's why I asked yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah, more yeah. about like would there would there have actually been a hockey community for a kid to come out and make the NHL, let right. alone be that type was, of player. I was more joking. Right? Yeah, yeah, they've but, got a generational talent. Like, Are they going to have another anytime? But you got to remember, right. it's not just a generational thing. Kind of what Eric's saying is like, so like, we have the Austin Matthews out of the Phoenix, Arizona area, okay? But like, how many other kids in the next, let's call it eight, ten years, just take that like small little sample size. How many of those kids are going to go play D one or D three or juniors? Well, or the Doan kid youth? is the Doan kid's the perfect example because right. he his grew, dad's a scumbag. He yeah, grew up, but he grew he, up in yeah, the area. Yeah. He grew up in the area. He's playing for the division, the local division one program, and he's already an NHL draft pick for Arizona. But maybe there's know, something there. There, you know, there. There's a hockey community Dad's there on now. The player development side. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. There's there's definitely something there that he scored is good for the NHL. Yeah, D one. Yeah, which is great. That's awesome. I'm glad he scored a D one goal. It's a D one team, so it's fair. Not an NHL goal. It's, it's yeah, but it probably I mean, pumps in a lot of empty nets. That's, uh... <laughs> there's definitely something there though, long term, because obviously short term, this is a terrible look for the NHL to have a team playing in a college building. So a uh, short term, it's a terrible look, but long term, it's gotta be, a, there's gotta be a payoff. So yeah, I'm sure he sees something that, yeah. that is invisible to the common fan who is just wanting to see a hockey game and thinks to themselves, why am I going to ASU's arena? But <laughs> I want to go there and see a ASU. Like, I don't yeah, want yeah, to, I don't, go, wanna go I don't want to go watch Yotes coyotes. Yeah. Like, I just want to go watch so, the sun devils. So I have a question is like, <laughs> I'm I'm a Premier League guy, and we all don't mind soccer. Arsenal's at the top of the table this year so far. This is awesome. Uh, hey, our field correspondent our, has uh, yeah. Our, our field reporter to say Ross, about our field reporter Ross, uh, field reporter Ross has is a just big Chelsea guy. He's so just he's returned. Attack. He's just re just returned from uh, his trip overseas. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for letting me go to London. That was amazing. <laughs> This is where your Patreon dollars are going. <laughs> hey, hey, Ross, Ross, turn your receipts. Ross, when you when you return your receipts, make sure you send them to the field office in Omaha. We'll take it. <laughs> okay. um, but no, like Premier League has relegation, and I we yes. made this joke a long time ago. Relegate like, the yokes. Like relegate them. I'm serious. Like maybe. I mean, I know it's different, but like I really, the more and more I watch, like more of international soccer like i would like to see that adopted by american sports teams more because it 
A, would make the owners accountable. Pirates, that's you. But, like, also, it just, like, it makes things better in general. Have you watched the championship playoff to get into the Premier League? Yeah. That's some wild. of the most exciting football soccer yeah, I've ever seen. Exactly. Can you imagine AHL doing that? The oh. Bears have a chance to Dude, get up into. That would be into... awesome. Yeah. Oh. Yep. I'm getting cold chills thinking about that. Yeah. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be cool. We've talked about, I think we've talked about this particular subject before. Yeah. It's it's really weird based on the structure of how things already are. Like, in order to do that, it would be it would be crazy undertaking. It would be amazing. But it would be, it would turn everything upside down. You'd have to, yeah. you'd have to completely restructure the, like, how they do franchises. For right. All the different leagues, right? Because, like, in those, in the European club sports, right, you have, like, you have three or four different uh, levels or divisions, right, that you're working mm-hmm. your way up and down through. And so you'd have to do the same thing here. There's already, you know, there's three or four levels or, or leagues that you kind of work through as you're working your way up and down as a player. But as a franchise, like, they're all separate, like, businesses almost. And, right. well, really, they are separate businesses. So they'd have to, like, figure that out. It would be a complete cultural shift. Because like here, it's all about like, oh, I'm a franchise owner. I'm I, I pay into my franchise in this league, and so this is where this team is. And then I'm in this other league, and they're separate entities. And like, be, you know, between the two, you know, we're not gonna cross. Like, and like some of the big clubs in in football soccer, they have sub franchises. Yeah. yeah. So that they they have a team that's just always a league lower than their mm-hmm. their main team, and they just move players between the two. So that's kind of like what the NHL is doing, but obviously it's it's not really. And only a handful of teams are already prepared for that. Like the the Pens are ready, Toronto is ready because their teams are currently named the same, right? <laughs> Except well, for like so Toronto's Marlies have almost the same logo. And, well, 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 you notice like NHL clubs in the last like. NHL clubs are nice in the last like 10 years there's been a massive shift to like make sure like their farm clubs are closer for a few reasons number one emergency call-ups and whatnot but also two like they want to have a very big hand in how that organization is not only ran but like the systems the tactics all that stuff intentionally so that way when you get the younger guys to come up this you know through the system you like can actually kind of go all right same thing we do lower level but maybe there's like a little different tweak or something mm. you know and that that helps a lot of organizations in general that's why the ahl it's essentially moved out west now and they have different divisions intentionally because like ahl clubs were really annoyed they're like well who is it la had uh manchester all the way in new up hampshire. north new hampshire hmm. like yeah. imagine if crazy, you have yeah. an issue with a goalie like well, even skate or something. even recently, like Vancouver was affiliated with Utica. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you got. Yeah, that's a you got to cross a border, and it's on a different you know coast. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Ugh. somebody's not. Nobody's had an Alaska farm team, have they? ECHL, ECHL aces. Right, yeah. Which I don't remember who. Which they kind of have affiliates, and some of the ECH team L teams are kind of affiliated. They're either shared they're or not, straight affiliates. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. they're like not Wheeling, like Link in, in terms of like Wheeling is Pittsburgh, uh, Carolina Stingrays, Caps, uh, Solar Bears are Tampa, right? Orlando Solar Bears, Orlando. Orlando Solar Bears, and then um, where that really comes into play is 
goaltenders. Yeah, right. Moving guys so up and down. A lot of the goalies these days are they're starting out in the Coast League and then working their way up and down until they right. finally make it. Jonathan Quick. Yeah, I mean he was an East Coast guy. I don't know. It's it's interesting that that we have it the way that it is. It would be really cool if it went the way that the European football leagues do. But if that's how it was for us, we'd be saying that a different system looked cool too. And what's the well, yeah. what's the what's the Austin Powers line like? Yay capitalism! <laughs> Yay like no. right, like. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, uh, John, your your boy Sonny Milano. Oh God, signed yeah. with Washington. One I, year, seven fifty k. I was saying it last year. I was like, I there's something weird that he is bouncing around so much, and he's and I'm doing air quotes. Very skilled. There's like there's something there. I don't know why, because he was in Calgary. That's a skilled team. Like yes, it's a Daryl Sutter coach team, and they will be hard to play against. But if you look at the roster construction, they're pretty damn good. And he couldn't stick there. Anaheim didn't want him, even though his running mates was Zegris. Is the so, problem that Calgary was pretty good, and that he just didn't have a slot because he's technically he he's good, in, but right? he's not that good. Like Zegris didn't even make the the roster initially in Anaheim. Correct. And then they figured out, oh yeah, we probably should play this kid. He's he's electric. Yeah. <laughs> wait. And then wait. Time out. Who he played with was electric. He just kind of was a. You know, a little bit of a conductor. He wasn't rubber or anything where he didn't have any, you know, he well, was able I, to conduct. I'm talking about Zegris in particular. Like, well, they realized Zegris yeah. was good and they got a plan. So they, they had, a, you know, they had a need for talent. And then they found some and started playing them. And maybe Sonny Milano just happened to fit in with them because, who knows, a, a I, je ne sais quoi. I, yeah, <laughs> I just, who knows? I and I don't know, and I don't want to bag the guy too hard, but like, I find it weird that a guy that was so highly touted from his time with the national team development program or the World Junior, so when he got drafted with Columbus, he's bounced around. He hasn't stuck a job, and I'm not saying like he's a horrible hockey player because he plays at the top level, obviously, but there's something there. Like maybe a maybe he's a Chris Bork, and they just keep you know people keep giving him opportunities, but. Chris Bork was a fantastic AHL player. Every time he was in the NHL level, he just was not 100% there. What if he's a Pascal Dupuis and he has to play with a specific talent? Or maybe like Pascal Dupuis, when he came out of juniors and whatnot, he played one way. Pascal Dupuis learned how to play another way. Fair enough. Mm. Sonny Milano <laughs> may with not. With Sidney Crosby. Yeah, with Sidney no, Crosby. No, no, no. But, pa- <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, Pascal Dupuis, like, when he was younger, was a goal scorer. Max Talbot. Like, those are two guys that come to my mind immediately. Like, those guys played a certain way, you know, and then when they got to the NHL, they had to retool their game to stick at the NHL level. Not necessarily fighting or anything, but they had to go, like, a little more north and south, a little more meat and taters, and, like, Every now and then, those guys did pop in goals, obviously. I mean, like, when you get in those situations or in, you know, certain areas, but, like, maybe that's what Sonny Milano needs to do. Maybe he needs to, like, kind of go, like, all right, maybe I shouldn't do this all the time. Maybe if I do a little more of the easy stuff, like making sure I can become an asset to my team defensively and then maybe talk to your coaches about getting penalty killing time because a guy like him who is skilled, you see teams all the time now, they're popping guys out there like McDavid, Matthews, Marner, Nylander. They want guys like that on the penalty kill because they can think at a high level 
offensively to either anticipate plays or they're a threat when they get the puck and it's a weird two on one mm-hmm. or something or a one on two. Like turns into a power kill. Power yeah. kill, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I guess what I'm saying is that what if Sonny Milano, his role is to be a supporting character. So he has to play with somebody who is going to give him unique, interesting situations. Well, not maybe not interesting, but unique situations where he has to do something that a, another player might not do or something like that. But if he's not given those, then he can't produce. If that makes sense. Zegers gave him some weird plays. Well, okay, but also right? at the same point, like at the end of the day, like, all right, if he's not a Zegers, let's just say, obviously, and, he, and he's not a, like a Rust or a Gensel, where you're doing things on the other side of the puck, essentially, to like help yourself, or even like a Backstrom, who is good in his own zone, but offensively he's very talented because he can pass. Like, Sonny Milano needs to learn how to do other things so he can stay in the lineup and stay on teams' rosters. Yeah, other that's than a just fair popping point. Popping points. That's a fair and point. Having like really bad hair. I mean, everybody <laughs> needs to be adaptable and be able to take on a new situation. But I guess that, uh, like, like you said with Chris Bork, it it didn't seem to matter what situation he was put in. You put him in the same situations that he would see in the AHL. Do that for him in the end, and he he still couldn't produce the same. But with Sonny Milano, perhaps it's just an extremely unique role that he needs to be in. And maybe, like you said, he can't find that in other places. And that's not good for him long-term. That's probably why he's only making league minimum for a one-year deal because people aren't sure that they can get him to produce the same way that he once did. So you're, you're absolutely right that he needs to be adaptable and change his game. And if he can't, then, yeah, he's not going to have a place in the league. But, but yeah, because he unfortunately the NHL and hockey in general, you don't have a DH, so he can't come <laughs> right, in. You can't just be with like two minutes left in the third and yeah. <laughs> go out there. Like he has to, you know. And I'm not saying he deserves 20 or 22 minutes a night or even 15, but like there has to be a happy medium with a guy of his skill needs to have a top nine role in the league. Yeah, yeah. I think he's wasting talent on a on a fourth line. We had Rodriguez. The Penguins had Rodriguez. Exactly. You give him. You say, hey, take this team, let's go. And he, he puts some goals in. You bump him back, and he's not really, he's not pushed, I guess. Maybe he doesn't feel that pressure on the second or third. And he's just, he's, he was gone. Invisible. But he yeah. was also just there. He was doing stuff other than scoring goals. He wasn't like. I agree, I agree. He, and I guess that's kind of where it's like weird when you talk about like those Rodriguez's and Max Talbot, like guys of those, mm-hmm. like those dudes. Like, so. Regardless of Milano's uh, hairstyle or skill, perceived <laughs> past and who he was playing with, he is a plus player, right? So he does he does drive play. He I just looked the numbers up. Yeah, yeah. He just he does drive play. Um, he absolutely drives uh, high danger chances. Um, and your goaltender is going to be a better than ninety one percent save percentage when he's on the ice. So because he's, he's on the so, positive, right? He's yeah. he's definitely he's a he's a plus player, right? So one year seven fifty k. That's a that's a that's great, and that's what I'm saying. That's great, but like where I I push back on that, not in a bad way, with Milano is like if all those metrics are like in his favor, he was on a PTO in Calgary. Okay. Yeah, but they're they're doing something there that. They're building a new identity for that team. What, like, 
you know, the, the whole, what's the cliche, you know, you're building the plane while it's in flight. <laughs> right. that, that's oh, what yeah, they're absolutely. doing, right? Because mm. they're contenders right now. And at the same time, you know, they've got Kadri in there going. And Huberto. Going nuts. And, and Uyghur. I Huberto, think they got, I Huberto think they got hasn't better. shown up yet. Like Uyghur has looked good, but like, and it's, it's, all, it's only been yet. two or yeah. three games, yeah. right? But like, but you know. I don't think he fits into what they're trying to do there right now because those guys, they can all skate, but they're also in your face at the same time, right? And I don't think he's that type of player, and I don't think he fits what they're trying to do. And I don't think they feel like, I'll take it even further, I don't think they feel like he would help them against Edmonton, which is really the only team that they're worried about. (laughs) Calgary. But what player? Milano? Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't. I think like every guy on that team, and you saw it a little bit. But even last night when they played, there was Dude. like a certain pace they were playing at. But even like there was a little bit of like the Brian Burke word, which I like truculence. Like you could tell like those guys <laughs> were like we're not being pushed off pucks, we're moving forward. And even guys like Huberto, where he's not known to be this big hulking guy, like he passes insanely well. And I find it interesting that. Daryl Sutter before the season made a comment. Oh, Huberto's the best passer in the entire league. That's a shot at Johnny Hockey, which I yeah. kind of thought was funny. And then the Toffoli and Matthew Kachuk thing that he said before the season, like one guy's been a part of deep uh, cup runs and one Stanley Cups. That's the difference. Like <laughs> that's. But a I, big I just think shot. I just think that Milano was not going to be a part of what they're doing because he just doesn't fit what they're trying so to do. So do you think he's a Peter Laviolette guy? Uh, I don't think anybody is. I don't really <laughs> like him anyway, and I made that I made that known anyway, right? Yeah, you like, did right I don't, away. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think... Even when it wasn't sure that he was going to be the coach, you're like, I don't want him. I don't think he's... <laughs> I don't think he's right for the modern player. He's a retread. Yeah. I don't think he's right for the modern player. I think there were other options out there, but... um. You know, but I think that if you take a flyer on him for one year at that money, it's you can't lose because you're getting a very skilled player that is going to drive play when he's on the ice. If you could find the right center matchup for him, he should be okay. Unless you take an actual flyer player, then you would <laughs> yeah, lose a yeah. lot. Well, if, <laughs> all right. Knowing the caps lineup, they have no, they have no redeeming qualities. Yeah, no redeeming <laughs> qualities. I heard that one. My, my, my only opinion is, especially of the caps, I would almost put him with Mantha and Strom, like two really big bodies who move up the ice and let that gives Milano a little bit of space. And I really like Mantha. I think he's awesome. And Strom, they got him for like nothing. Yeah. And Strom's a damn good player. Yeah. Like so. I think so. When but, I when I saw yeah. the rumor, like when Friedman first said mm-hmm. that, oh, that you know, if he clears waivers, they're going to sign him. The we first thing I else passed. the first thing I I thought of was they're gonna they're gonna play him with Dylan Strome because oh, I think so. Yeah, I think those two will work really well yeah. together. We'll see. Yeah, and maybe if I mean you even think like if Backstrom comes back too, that gives him a really strong top six or even like a top nine hypothetically on paper yeah i mean with I, wilson in the mix and backstrom yeah i mean because it gives them a very strong it's top gonna nine. bump it's gonna bump some guys down and out yeah uh like you know, which and, would be good and also too if you're like strom mantha 
you know, guys like that, like, especially when Backstrom and Wilson come, you're going to be pushed. So like, wouldn't you want a good, healthy competition where your guys yeah. are like, I want to play on the goddamn power play. Yes. I don't like, especially a big guy like Mantha where he's like, no, I, I would rather have that play over Wilson, you know, or, you know, those two, especially, I mean, that's scary. If those two are on the same power play unit, Yeah, you could almost use those guys down by the crease. You wouldn't, I mean, they're so big, but they both have hands. That's the other yeah, thing, Yeah, they too. Like, both put it in the net. They both put it in the net, yeah. so that's like, oh, geez. Yeah. So. It's funny, you guys are talking about Mantha. NHL 23 came out this week, and I started <laughs> up my franchise mode with the fan- fantasy draft. for. Uh, I, I did the Penguins, and I picked Sonny Milano Ugh. in, like, the first five rounds, actually. And Tell Anthony me you could have Man- gone on waivers. Mantha as well. <laughs> I've actually got Mantha. <laughs> He's not on waivers in the game. They need a roster update. <laughs> but no, I've got Milano and Mantha on my second line. Honestly, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting. That's, that's, <laughs> and Tom Wilson on my top line. I mean, that's where that's where yeah. they should be slotted. Yeah, I mean, that's you know, it, it's funny because like they like I watched the game last night and uh, like their third line is awful with Eller and Johansson and. Uh, I don't even know who else is on that line. Eller, I mean, like, but then they have, yeah, they have, uh, they have uh, Dowd and Sherry and Hathaway on the fourth I line. I know, and they just and they move. They just cause trouble all over the place, and they get scoring chances. Like Sherry already has two goals or something, and like it's it's ridiculous. See, he's a player kind of like Milano can kind of mirror his game after when he's not scoring. He's doing other positive things on the ice. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. and he doesn't have to necessarily be, like, kind of like Eric was saying, on the positive side of the puck all the time. He's good in his own zone. Like, not, I mean, I'm not saying, like, he's, like, an Andrew Cogliano type guy, obviously. Like, he's not going to win a Selkie anytime soon, but he's, like, doing the right things. Yeah. That's who you want. Yeah. yeah it's Milano. I don't care. <laughs> guy's a bum. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like anybody in that NHL? <laughs> I got a list of people I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> well, Beers and a Lot is also starting another list of people that we do like, and you are at the top. Thank you for your listen. We appreciate all the support we get in the form of your likes and comments and subscribes and all that. And also, we'd love to hear your feedback on Discord at beersandalot.com slash Discord. A special thanks, though, to our Patreons and our merchandise purchasers. We recorded this episode using equipment that we purchased with money from Patreon and from our merchandise sales. That's you guys. That's that's you. Our in-person episodes are always better, and we're able to do them because of your support. So thank you again, and we're going to do our best to give you as many of these as we can. But that'll do it for episode 114. So until next week, see ya. <laughs>